0: Hello, 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 and welcome to the Into What If podcast. My name is Alicia. I am an intuitive and a developing medium. I know that that those words mean different things to different people. So, I'm just going to clarify right away uh, how I relate to those words. Why I picked those words to describe myself: uh, intuitive. I believe everybody has intuition. We all, I mean, we all know that everybody's had that gut feeling. Everybody's had that gut feeling that they haven't listened to. Right. And, uh, seeing the consequences of those actions come up. So we all know we have intuition. Uh, we're all made up of energy and that intuition, that gut feeling, that's our internal compass, right? That's what's trying to, uh, lead us down the path of least resistance. Uh, the easiest path. So what I mean by intuitive is that I read into that um, a little bit more than most people do. But everybody has the ability to do this. I'm not a special person. That's what I really, really want to convey here is that everyone can do the things that I do and can probably do them better. I know they can do them better because I'm just at the beginning of my journey. Uh. So when I say that I read energy, um, I am a level two Reiki practitioner. And Reiki is the art of moving energy, it has to deal with the chakras and That is a whole thing that I will get into uh, with its own episode, hopefully in the future. Not hopefully, I will do a Reiki episode in the future, but I read energy. You know, everybody can read energy. That's, again, something that everyone can do. Somebody walks into a room, um, you can usually tell if somebody's having a bad day before they say one thing to you. That's reading energy. So when I say that I'm an intuitive I'm basically just saying I'm a person, right? Uh, The interesting part might be the developing medium part, which again, I believe that everybody also has the ability to do this. And what I mean by medium is that I can tap into the next level is what I call it. Uh, Not the other side. I don't know. The other side just seems kind of weird and creepy to me. So it makes me think of, like, The Outer Limits and The Twilight Zone, which I loved those shows growing up. But it just feels so, I don't know, like, dangerous and mysterious. And if I can equate anything to something more cheerful, like maybe a video game, that sounds, like, a lot, a lot nicer to me. Um, I also believe that it is just, like, a next level up that we are... We originate from source, whatever that means to you. We come here to a physical existence and then when we're done with this body, we go back. Uh, Again, whatever that means to you. I'm open to anything because uh, nobody knows the answers. Okay, nobody. So (laughs) that being said, I believe that I can connect to loved ones. People that we've connected to here on a physical realm. Uh, that are not here with us in the physical realm anymore. And then what I do is I convey the message to the person that is here in the physical realm. uh, what, What they're trying to say, right? That's the job of a medium. That is the only job of a medium is to interpret a message. And, you know, again, I'm not real good at it right now. I have been able to interpret some pretty cool messages, but... Still developing, still learning, love it, frustrating, get into that in the future as well. Uh, This is definitely the reason, one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast, Uh, something that's been part of my life, my whole life, for as long as I can remember. And I want to share my experiences with other people in hopes to find more like-minded People, uh, This community, the spiritual community, as welcoming as it can be, it can also be very isolating. Uh, People have very concrete ideas of something that we literally have no concrete evidence of, which I find to be amusing and also extremely frustrating. Um, So I'm hoping to create a community that's a little more accepting and open as it should be. That's what this is about. No, like I said at the beginning, nobody knows the answers, right? Like, nobody knows. I don't care how certain they seem when they tell you that they know the answers. They don't know the answers. Nobody knows the answers. Uh, even my understanding, my limited um, experience with the, the uh, next level, right? I don't even know that they know what's all going on, that they know the whole big picture. I don't know that that's something that you can just sum up so easily and that you can give rules to either. So, anyways, off the soapbox. Um, This is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be random. Um, This is just going to be for me. (laughs) And if other people listen to it, well, God help them. And you know what? And thank you. Thank you for, you know, listening to the ramblings. I appreciate it. <laughs> but it's it's uh, something that I've wanted to do for a while and something that I just need to do. And I wonder if that went on the recording. I think that did. That was not me. <laughs> I'd totally own up to it if it was. But that was my phone making a notification. I should probably turn that off. I'm an expert podcaster. Obviously. <laughs> Hold please. <clears throat> now that we've got that fun intro uh, done. I think I'm going to get into uh, some back history of me. The story of Alicia. Okay. So. Who, who is Alicia? Um, I'm Alicia. Hey. Nice to meet you. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, I am an 80s baby and a 90s kid i'm gonna be 35 years old this year uh i am a mother to an eight-year-old daughter who is the best um i may might be biased but i don't doesn't really bother me don't care about that love her uh she's the best best thing that ever happened to me uh best little person That I have in my life. I love all the people in my life of course. But I mean Adeline you're at the top. Munchkin you know. Anywho. um, I am a wife. I'm married to my husband. Which I will talk about him a little bit. He does not believe in any of this. But he humors me. And he allows me to live my life. Which I greatly appreciate. And love him so much for so so thank you thank you honey thank you handsome i appreciate it uh okay so let's start at the beginning right or at what i remember to be the beginning and my family has always been very open about uh spiritual things Uh, my mother's side uh, very much so my dad's side not so much Uh, my dad grew up we live in minnesota I was born and raised in Minnesota, and my dad grew up uh, in a Lutheran background. Uh, if you're familiar with the Lutheran religion, uh, you know that it's just it's a uh, how do I say this? It's a it's a Christian religion. It's Christian based religion. It's um, A a little... It can be conservative. Different branches can be the particular one that my grandparents were involved with, the Wisconsin Synaglutherans. They fancy themselves more on the conservative side. (laughs) Ooh, I did... Organized religion... My... The way that I was introduced into organized religion, it really just left a, a sour taste in my mouth. Uh... I respect everybody's. Uh, I respect everybody's choice to to observe whatever religion they want to. I just find, in my personal experience, that when a bunch of people get together and start talking about their religions, that <coughs> excuse me, that they get. Heated. I don't know. I don't know what happens. It, it just happens when large groups of people get together in general. About anything, right? People just, we come together and then we divide ourselves. I don't know. So, anyway, so my dad grew up in this this uh, more conservative, conservative uh, traditional Christian background. And so he really believes that, like, you know, I'm not going to mess with that kind of stuff. That's all, like, the devil. Um, he never... Uh, <laughs> He would he squashed it a little bit, but in the in only out of uh, fear <laughs> and not in a uh, bad way. Um, he, I remember when I was 12, I started getting into, you know some some more spiritual stuff and started exploring things uh you know i went to the library a lot i got to go to bookstores start picking up books start reading things and of course one of the first things that you're gonna pick up as a 12 year old <laughs> in the 90s with um all the witchy awesomeness going on in the world uh and you know mainstream media and the craft and things like that i got myself a damn ouija board is what i got okay a ouija board and um, that scared the shit out of my dad. But instead of being like, you know, an asshole and like, uh, you know, taking it and saying like, you can't have this. Oh, he's the best. He came up to me and he said, how about I give you 20 bucks? Okay. And you let me throw that thing in the garbage. And that, I think I paid like $12 for that board game, you know? So that was a good deal back then. I was like, sure, dad. Yep. Yep. You can throw away that glow-in-the-dark Ouija board I bought. It was glow-in-the-dark. I mean, it, it didn't seem so scary to me. But, okay, Dad. Yeah, I'll take your $20. Thanks. Um, so, anyway, so he was... <laughs> he never told us to stop talking about it. He let my mom talk about it whenever she wanted to. She'd tell us stories about... um Apparition. She's seen things she's experienced in life, uh, things her her mother had experienced, um, things that her mother had, uh, you know, done in the presence of her. I mean, all sorts of spiritual things. So my dad was, you know, he went along with everything. It was, he's, he's good. He's good. He's a good guy. Uh, you know, it scares the shit out of him, but he's very sportive. <laughs> I love you dad so uh back to my mother my grandmother so that's where you know I got most of my knowledge from uh my grandmother was actually practiced some sort of witchcraft I'm gonna have to get an interview going with her for this thing too because I really want to know more about this backstory I you know it sounds to me my mother doesn't really go into it too much either um, that she did some things that probably weren't uh, not very nice, which you know I I think whatever you put your belief in, uh, you're gonna give power to not necessarily that I would believe in like black magic or dark magic or evil per se um, just in a general sort of context but when somebody is putting ill will out there into the world, I definitely believe there's energy behind that, and that can manifest itself in all sorts of ways. So that that could be dangerous. So it sounds to me like she, she might have been messing with some stuff she shouldn't have been messing with. Um, you know, they as a whole different a rough life going on there and lots of uh, backstories there. But Grandma was also super into, like, the fun side of things. Uh, growing up, she introduced us to crystals. She was super into crystals. Uh, she used to go for readings. I remember, you know, my mom and her were super into uh, watching all the mediums and buying Sylvia Brown books. I'll go into Sylvia Brown in a whole freaking other, at another time too. I remember loving her growing up and now looking back at uh, some of the things she did, I not the biggest fan anymore. Hindsight's 2020. Anyways. So uh so grandma introduced us to crystals. You know, grandma was real into I mean stones in general. She was super into birthstones and like meanings behind that. Uh she loved fairies. She loves she still loves fairies and <laughs> angels and just all sorts of things. Super interesting, especially as a kid. I loved it. I mean I still love it and my mom again was super into like the mediums and we would watch the shows and we'd watch Montel and and all the things and she was really into astrology you know she'd check her horoscope we'd talk about it It was it was great it was great it was a very supportive environment to be in when you're curious about this stuff so when I was When I was little, when I was about two, I believe my mom said uh, I saw my grandpa and could communicate to her about him. Uh, He had passed well before I was born, so I never met him. Uh, Apparently I used to sit in the bedroom and chit chat with grandpa. I could tell my mom what he looked like. I could tell her what he was wearing. I could tell her things he said to me that resonated with her and um, my mom didn't have the greatest relationship with her dad. There weren't pictures of him like hanging up around the house. I didn't know what this man looked like. And I was able to tell her those things. Again, I don't think that that's a special thing. I think that kids are not uh, yet jaded by the fucking world, telling them that all oh, this shit doesn't exist and you shouldn't be able to see the things that you're seeing. I think that all kids can see that stuff until we tell them you shouldn't be seeing that. So that's a normal thing. <laughs> it it just is. Uh, I was very vocal about it though. I was a vocal kid. I'm a vocal person now. You can tell. I was probably I probably didn't shut the fuck up as a kid. You were mm-hmm. correct. Correct. So, you know, when I was young, I would see people and things. And uh, I remember specifically when I was about four or five, I went over to my grandma's house and my mom used to talk about how haunted her house was growing up. Um, She used to say that like when her and her sister were little, they would have to, you know, go home from school. Right. And they'd have to call their mom at work and tell them that they got home. And safe and sound and they hated going into their house like shit was always banging and booming doors were shutting weird shit would happen in that house and it scared the crap out of you know two little girls and that was back uh, back with the corded phone on the wall and my mom said that they would they would be like oh you need to go in and answer the phone because oh that was it grandma would call them grandma would call them at a certain time and be like you better be home if you're not home at this certain time then I know you know, shits awry. So, you know, they would, Oh, you go in there, you go in there. And one would run in there real fast to where the phone was. And then they'd grab it and they'd drag it all the way out past the front door out onto the stoop. And they would answer it there. Yep. uh Uh-huh. We're home. Okay. And then they'd run back in, hang it up. And then they'd run back outside and they'd wait outside until, you know, somebody got home. So that house, and i'm telling you it had it i had an energy for sure i don't necessarily again believe that things are haunted i guess i didn't clarify that yet but i don't i don't know i think that energy leaves itself like a footprint and that there are residual energies from things that have happened in life i think that that's a something some people think is a haunting, where you just see something that actually happened over and over again. Something's repeating itself. Um, I also believe that, you know, people, they can communicate with us, obviously. Uh, I'm a medium, so I believe in that. So I believe that uh, some people want... (laughs) want to cause problems. Some people wanted to cause problems in life. Some people want to cause problems not in this physical realm, right? You know, maybe they just want to fuck with you a little bit. Maybe they think it's fucking funny to scare the shit out of you, you know, because of whatever energy they're holding on to. Uh, so, So in that sense, I guess things could be haunted. But either way, This place had an energy. There were things going on, and people passing through. That maybe we're dicks, right? Because when I was about four or five, I went to my grandma's house, and uh, she had. She's the kind of person that has just shit everywhere. And so, in her in her room, her bedroom, you know, there's things all over the wall, decorations, whatever. And she had these masks. And they were just like faces and they kind of freaked me out. I remember that. And I was sitting in her on her bed and I had a brush. I was playing with some brushes and I was by myself and she wasn't in the room with me. But it was a very small house. I could hear her. Uh, and I'm just sitting on her bed playing with the brushes. And then all of a sudden an earthquake happened. Now, I live in Minnesota. We don't have earthquakes. That's what I thought happened because the bed started shaking The blinds start shaking. Everything starts shaking. The masks. I remember the masks. Looking at the masks. And the masks are like shaking like like side to side on the wall. Like insane. And I'm thinking there's an – and I remember screaming to my grandma. It's an earthquake. It's an earthquake. Because I'm a little kid and the whole room is shaking. And what else would it be, you know, in my logical My logic, my little kid logic, that's what I came up with. And she runs in so fast and she says, stop it, stop it right now. And it stops. And that was my first realization. And first, I guess not first realization, but first like fear associated with that. Because before, I was just talking to people, you know, and it was fun, and like, I just had friends, it was cool, but her house had a not-so-fun energy, you know, and what was that? What the fuck was that? You know, I didn't like going to her house after that, I really did not. Um, I started paying attention to all the things that never bothered me before, you know, about that house, all the different energies that I ignored before that maybe, I don't know. But that was a really, really jarring experience for me. And it just kind of got crazier after that. So then um, my my grandmother's brother died a couple years after that. I think I was eight or nine. He was a <laughs> interesting guy in life. I have very few memories of him, but I remember he was a big man, uh, tall and a, a heavier set man, uh, my grandma is like strawberry blonde hair and so was this brother, very a uh, ginger for sure. So this giant redheaded man to me, especially as a small child, that's all I knew him. Um, he liked to joke around and his real fun joke with, with us as kids was he had a fake eye and he liked to pop that sucker out and be like, well, you know, mm, love, fun guy fun gay so he passed away and we went to his funeral and at this point in my life i had been to so many damn funerals my uh, grandpa is one of oh geez oh please don't shoot me anybody for not remembering this i think he's one of like 10 siblings i don't know you know how people had so many children back then you gotta work them fu- you need those farm hands right you need them farm hands, So you better be popping out those babies. So um, anyways, all these poorer people, these these brothers that he had, I mean, dying left and right, cancer and things. And So anyways, I was used to funerals. My preschool was in a church too and I remember <laughs> – it's such a random memory. I remember the first time I saw a dead body or at least the first time I could remember a dead body was at preschool like wandering the halls and seeing a – A person in the casket, you know, there was probably going to be a funeral or a wake or, you know, that night probably. Whatever. I wandered in there and going staring at some poor, somebody's grandpa or uncle or dad, whatever. Anyways, I digress. So, geez Louise, just get used to that, right? Get used to the side stories. Oh, no. How am I ever going to keep this on track? Oh, oh, my goodness. So, so Richard, so we – I liked funerals is where I was getting at. Wow, that went – that forked off. But I – I thought they were fun because there were always lots of kids there, and there was always food. Like we were, you know, it was this is my dad's side, so it's like Lutheran. So like, ugh, I tried lutefisk the first time at a funeral. That horrible church lady gave me what I thought was jello. She told me it was jello, fish jello. It's nasty. Anyways, you know there was. It was, like, funeral, and then you'd go, like, hang out in the church basement, pile like, like food. Kids would run around, play under the tables, like, ugh, run in fields. It was great. I loved it. So, and I was comfortable around the funeral situation. So, it was it was not that sad for me. And he didn't, he wasn't my favorite person with the pop poking his eye out thing. So, I wasn't that sad. So, I was okay going, right? I was like, da-da-da-da, here we go. We're going to a funeral And we are in, I'm one of four girls. I'm the oldest of four. And so we were in our van, and we're driving to the funeral. And I think, I don't know if Tatiana was there, but I know that Courtney and Chelsea were there. My two out of the three younger sisters were there. And I remember, you know, you'd sit and stare out the window because there's nothing to do back then other than that when you're driving. And I started thinking things like, Words were coming into my head. Words were coming into my head that weren't my words. Bad words, angry words. I started feeling really upset, really frustrated. I didn't like it. It was very overwhelming. Um, I didn't feel good. And when we got to the funeral home, I was already crying because I was having some sort of experience in the back seat of the van by myself that, I don't know, I didn't know if I was going crazy. I wasn't sure. I was very, very upset. I was visually upset to my mother. And she was, you know, concerned, obviously, and asking me what was wrong. And I told her, I told her the things that I was hearing, um, the, the words that were coming into my head. That's the craziest thing, especially as like an eight, nine-year-old saying, you know, um, I think it's Richard. And I think he's, he's mad. Like, he's mad that these people are here. He's mad that they were never here in life for him. And now that he's dead, they're here. I mean, things, uh, freaking eight year old should not be concerned with I was saying to her and she was just like uh, oh my goodness and she was open to this stuff you know she believed me um, she tried to comfort me but she didn't really know what to to do um, other than to comfort me and tell me that it's not he's not saying it to me that it's not you know or it's not at me it's not Pointed at me, he's not mad at me you know, don't be afraid, things like that, things you would say to your daughter when crazy shit is happening like this, right, and my grandma, I remember my grandma as as lovely as she is she runs over and starts like harassing me like I'm upset and she's like, what's he saying, what's he saying and I don't want to tell her because I already told my mom and I don't know what's going on and I'm really upset so funeral starts and we're sitting in the funeral. And I remember, it's just like a, a funeral home. He was not there. I have to ask my mom. He must have gotten cremated or something. I don't even remember seeing it or in there. But definitely not in a casket. There was no casket there. Uh, he... I remember there was a, there was somebody talking at the podium, at the front, and there's just, you know, a podium and some seats and people are standing there. And the funeral director, I don't know, maybe a friend, I don't remember. Somebody was standing up there, and I remember there was a flag to my left if I'm looking at the person speaking. So the person speaking's right side, there is a flag there. Just a US flag, and it's moving. The flag is moving like there's wind. There's no windows in this freaking room. This might as well be a uh, basement. It's not, but it feels like it because there's no windows in this room. Nothing's open. There's no damn breeze. And that flag is moving like there's a breeze. Not like there's a strong breeze. Just enough. Just enough for me to notice. And then I see Richard. Now this is where it gets wonky because I don't see him there. I see him in my mind there. Like I can picture him like an imaginary, like you're saying, I'm going to picture somebody I know, my mom. I'm going to picture my mom standing right there in your mind. You're going to say, I'm going to picture my mom standing in the corner. Okay. That's how I saw Richard. So I see him. I see him now. I know he's there and he is laughing now. And I start laughing. I start laughing in the middle of a funeral while somebody's talking, while somebody is giving a somber speech about the person that just passed. Now this little 8-year-old girl who was just crying when she walked into the room is now hysterically laughing like a crazy person. So I'm laughing and I'm repeating. Why I'm laughing to my mom? I'm trying to like quell the laughter, and it is hard. I had to I had to walk out. We had to walk out, um, and compose myself. But you know, the person that was speaking, it was funny because, you know, he was talking like he was Richard's best friend, right? He's saying, oh, he was such a great guy, blah, blah, blah. And Richard is laughing because he knows that that guy's a piece of shit. And that Richard was a piece of shit. And that they were not fucking friends. And look at him trying to come up here acting like we're fucking best friends. He hated me. Like, this is some funny-ass shit to him. So, uh, I mean, uh, again, very overwhelming. Not knowing what's going on happy that Richard was happy and not pissed off uh, anymore because that was definitely a better feeling but yeah that was a whole damn experience and then when we left the funeral home it just like tapered off it was like when we drove away I didn't feel him anymore and thank god because I'll remember that for the rest of my life the rest of my life So that was the last big thing that happened that I remember happening in my childhood. I'm sure there are things here and there, but that was the last big one. Uh, I didn't, you know, really – that scared the shit out of me, so I really didn't pay attention. Again, it was just something that was part of my life up until that point. Um, I didn't have a lot of fear associated with it. I did have that one – situation in my grandma's house that did scare me a little you know scared the shit out of me but this one really really scared me because it felt like I was I was feeling I knew I was feeling somebody else's feelings it felt like somebody else was inside of me and I didn't like that I knew I didn't like that and we were going to church pretty regularly and church tells you not to believe in those things at least the church I was going to the Lutheran church I was going to that's and those things are not things we believe in. Um, If we believe that spirit has any control over us, it better be the Holy Spirit. Okay, Jesus is the only spirit and God, right? That should have any control over you. You must be talking to the damn devil. So I kind of drifted away from that. I tried to not pay attention to the things that I was hearing and seeing, I try, I very, I closed myself off, which was good. It was good for what was going on in my life, being such a young kid and the things that I was susceptible to. Uh, it wasn't until, you know, I hit middle school that I started having more of an interest in it again. I started, you know, buying books again. Like I said, this is when I bought that Ouija board, you know. Um, I bought my first Oracle deck, which I even remember until literally this weekend i was at a store and i saw it i saw the first deck i ever had and then remembered that i even bought it and it was a fairy oracle deck and i'm gonna have to buy it again i should have bought it that day that was a sign it was too expensive there though um i'm cheap cheap bitch uh anyways so that's when i started getting into it you know i bought my first oracle deck i bought my first tarot deck that i still have to this day that i do not use Cannot find any resonance with tarot. I love oracle cards, though. Don't get me started. That'll be a whole different thing. I started getting really into writing. I loved writing. Uh, My mom would, in the summertime, she would let me go to the library. She would drop me off the library, and it was a safe place to be. We had a very nice library in the city that I grew up in. There wasn't a lot going on there. It was kind of in a little spot uh, off to like kind of in the middle of like some farm area, so it was it was quiet. I had the place to myself. It's great. So I used to like to write book reports. I know, book reports. Yeah, I said that. I um that summer uh, after seventh grade, I wrote a report on angels, on the archangels, because I was super into angels at the time, and just took. That summer, and grabbed every book on the shelf of the library I could that had anything to do with angels and sat in one of their study rooms and just wrote, wrote what I figured out, wrote what I found out. It was great. I loved it so much. And I don't remember any of that shit now. And then, uh, and then again, you know, high school happened. Uh, I started, you know, I was. <laughs> Right in the vampire wave, uh, the first vampire wave, um, like Buffy Blade Underworld uh, interviewed the vampire. Those kind of vampires, you know, as I didn't get into the sparkly vampires. That was later. That was when I was older and I was like, vampires don't sparkle to me. Vampires are either melodramatic and like, have ancestral relationships. Yes, incest. Um, Anne Rice was full of incest, if you've read any of those books. Um, or it was, you know, carnage. Like, I loved, like, the violent blade. <laughs> Underworld. I love that shit. Anyways, so, Lost Boys. I mean, vampires. Anyways, so got into that, steered away from spirituality for quite a bit, Um you know, because I was focused on being a teenager, I'm sure. And then uh, when I was 18, after I graduated high school, I started hanging out with some friends from high school that I didn't really hang out, whatever. I started hanging out with some friends, uh, my like core group of people that would be, you know, my early 20s. And they lived in this house on this cul-de-sac. And uh, this house, you know, they said from like the moment they freaking rented this house that it was haunted. Um, you know, some shit had gone down in this house. It was like a some sort of a meth house or something. And so there there were literally bullet holes in the freaking – inside the house, there was this room that nobody went in. The guy that owned the house kept that room. I don't know. He, it was a weird situation. He would sometimes like come to the house and like crash at that in that room. I've been in that room, is the dirtiest, nastiest room with the scariest energy ever. And in the ceiling, you can see bullet holes. There's still bullet holes in the ceiling. So some stuff went down there. I don't know if and what to what extent is true. But I remember the boys saying, you know, that like somebody hung themselves in the garage and that there was, you know, some sort of a shootout. Obviously, there was some sort of gun that got fired off in the house. I don't know. (laughs) But that house was the party house, right? We had lots of parties. There was always a ton of people in there. So, you know, things if things happened, it wasn't it was easy to write off as like if things, you know, I don't know, somebody was drunk and must have done that. It's just really easy to write things off. But of course, there was this one time uh, when I had somebody else experience something there. Alex, I know you're listening. You better be listening. Um, they were like, oh gosh, I don't know, six of us. I used to pretty much hang out all the time. And we're all sitting around. We'd sit on these two couches downstairs. We'd freaking, you know, do what you do. You'd like smoke weed and drink and um, hang out on the couch. And you're hanging out on the couch and a bunch – of Four of the six of us decided we're going to go somewhere. I don't remember where they went. They decided they were going go to go McDonald's or the gas station, something to grab snacks, right? That's what you do. So it was just me and Alex left, and me and my friend Alex, and we are sitting there and we're watching TV and he hears something. That's the best part. He hears something and he goes, the fuck's that? Sounds like somebody's upstairs. Nobody else is here. Nobody else is here. It's just me and him. And we're downstairs. This is one of those houses where you walk into the house and there's the kitchen on the main level and like a dining room. And then there's – you can go upstairs to the bedrooms or you can go downstairs to another little basement living room area that you can see from the kitchen. It's got like railings that you can see down into. So it's pretty open house. So you can hear pretty much everything, especially when there's nobody in it. There's only two of us in there. So you can hear stuff going on. We have the TV kind of loud, but he hears something. And he pauses it and we both hear talking like two people having a full-on conversation and there is nobody else in the house, just the two of us. And he looks at me all wide-eyed, I mean scared shitless. (sighs) I think Alex believes in this stuff, you know, but I don't think he wants to believe in this (laughs) stuff. So he he looked at me with the scary, the scariest eyes, right? The like fear in his eyes. And he just turns up the TV and he's like, well, that didn't happen. And everybody comes busting in a couple minutes later. And, and that was the end of that, right? (sighs) I love it when other people experience things as best. That is what I would think would be a residual type situation where we were probably hearing a conversation that did actually happen at one point in time in that house. Um, I heard that a lot in that house. Other people heard that in that house too. Uh, that was just a great a great instance where both of us heard the same thing. Two different people are hearing the same thing at the same time. <sighs> Love it. Love it. So, so the cul-de-sac house... <laughs> That was fun. And then after that, I was uh, 18, I think, 18, 19 when that was when that happened. And then uh, when I was 21, we went through some family stuff. My uh, whole family, my immediate family, parents, sisters all uh, packed up and moved to Florida. And it was the first time that I was kind of like really on my own um, with no nobody here to like help, you know, if I needed something I had to I had to figure it out so I was living with the same group of friends from the cul-de-sac house I was lit now living with them in a different house uh let's call this a farmhouse I guess it was a a house that was on a really good size plot of land that was on a very very busy road that went through uh the town that we lived in so a very busy road you know, it was probably a part of a big farm at one point and then it got, you know, sectioned off and split into housing developments and stuff. But it was still this this house that was kind of in the middle of all these housing developments on this long side this busy road that had been there for quite a while. And it had just this huge plot of land. I don't know. It had to have been a couple acres. It had to have been for sure because we had just these giant bonfires. Uh, another party house. This is still my early 20s. I'm twenty. 21 now and uh partying it up in that house that house was fucked that i don't know what happened in that house something happened in that house something really did in that house um you would you would walk in the it was one of those houses where it was built into a hill so when you drove up to the front the garage was on the bottom of the house and it was at the front of the house on the bottom. So you drive up to the driveway and into the garage. And it's one of those tandem garages where you could park like four cars. So it's really long and skinny kind of, you know. Um, but it was a, it was a two, whatever. It was like four cars. It was a four car. It was a big garage. That's where we hung out. And you would walk, if you walked in the front door that was alongside the garage, it was just a little room that you'd walk into. There was a laundry room and a, A bathroom down there and maybe like a little foyer area I guess that was supposed to be and then there was a staircase that you would go up and that was the main living area and that had the living room and the kitchen and three bedrooms and a bathroom and I was in one of the the bedrooms upstairs there was somebody occupying each bedroom in that house and then at one point there was somebody living in the two people living in the foyer like where you walk in The front door, you know, back when nobody had any money and you just try to fit as many freaking people into a house as you possibly can. Um, but there was a in the back of the house that would lead into the field and where we had our bonfires and stuff. The back door had a wheelchair ramp. Somebody that had lived there before needed that. And you when you're sitting on the couch watching TV in the living room. You could see the wheelchair ramp through the kitchen. It was very open, more of an open floor plan again. And there were windows so you could see somebody like if somebody parked up at the top of the house, you could park up on the hill and you could walk into the back of the house and right into the living room kitchen area instead of parking down in the front of the house and walking up the stairs. So, you know, people did that, too. So and there were a lot of people living there. So people were coming in and out of this house all the time. And you'd be sitting on the couch and you'd see somebody walk up the ramp and then you'd wait to hear the door open and then the door would shut, right? And then somebody would be in the house. And I'd there's so many times where not just me, but other people would be sitting there and we'd see somebody and we'd be waiting. We'd be like, hmm, well, who's here? Maybe they're smoking a cigarette outside. You go outside, nobody's there. Nobody's there. Um, that happened so many times that we all just eventually, like, stopped making note of it. It literally happened that many times that nobody even acknowledged it anymore. (laughs) It was just like, well, I don't know, shadows, I guess, uh, in that house, too. I was woken up multiple times, um, by somebody yelling my name. I mean, yelling it, Alicia, like, right in my ear, and I would just shoot up, oh, it was, is really awful. Also, when I was living there, um, you know, it felt very, very oppressive. And I was, you know, my fear I was away from my family to first, like I said, first time that I was really, truly by myself as a young adult, and um, working and trying to just live, you know. And now I'm dealing with this crazy energy in this house, and I don't like it. And apparently, you know, eventually my parents do, they come back and they move. Actually, what's crazy is right across this busy street from us. And the house had its own set of things. But um, in the middle of all of this, my cousin, who I was very, very close to, who was five years older than me, uh, completed suicide in a very public way. Um it was on the news. It was, it was a whole thing and it was devastating for my family. He was the oldest grandchild. He was one of three cousins I had, the closest cousin to my age. He was the only child in his family. It was devastating. And dealing with that, On top of all the weird stuff going on at the house that I was living at, it, again, really freaked me out and turned me off from all of this fun stuff. So I could care less. You know, I was dealing with what I thought was just what I thought was more important. uh, Real life shit is what I thought. You know, that other stuff is not it's just it's not it's not real. It's not I really I mean, I turned away from it. Uh, after he, after he was gone, you know, I was really angry for a while, and then I really leaned into it, you know. So, pff, I mean, things go; they come back, and they go. I don't know. Everybody goes through phases. It's crazy. Uh, but it was a while until I leaned back into it. So, so we moved out of that house, and I moved into another house with another set of roommates, uh, in a different city. And that house always kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies too. And uh, one day, I was in, I lived in the basement of that house, and you would walk out, and there was a hallway. My room was at the end of a hallway, so when I opened the door, that was the end of the hallway. And I'd have to, you'd go down to the end of the hallway to go up the stairs, and beyond the stairs was the open living room basement area, and this is also a small house, and p- built in the 50s, probably. Very small little house, uh, you know, one bedroom in the basement, two bedrooms upstairs, small bedrooms, <laughs> and a small living room, teeny tiny little hallway to get to the living room and to get to the stairs to get upstairs. So I remember one day I opened my door and I literally see a, a child run from one side of the living room to the other side of the living room. <gasps> I've never been so scared in my life. I thought I had seen some shit in my life. I I thought I had experienced some things in my life. And the scariest thing thus far in my life is still that little shadow kid. Just something about children, right? I don't know. So I see this clear as day. I see this child and I run from one side of the room to the other side of the room. Uh, I can't see like facial features. I can see a head shape. I see arms. I see legs. I see how tall they are. I see how big I could. I mean, it's a person. It's a person running across, but it's, but it's not. And my best friend was upstairs and I remember I opened the door, I saw the kid run, and then I literally slammed the door and started screaming and started screaming, help, help me, help, help, help. I don't know what I thought. I thought maybe there was a demon child that was going to come kill me. I don't know. I was really into horror movies too, so that probably didn't help, you know, paint the best picture of the spiritual side of things for me. So I, I stayed in that room and cried and screamed until my best friend came down to see what was wrong with me. And then I was just upset about it for a while. And really didn't want to go anywhere near anything in the house. But I lived there for another two years, I think. Um, never saw that ghost kid again. Nope, ever And again, that made me really freak out too. And not want to have anything to do with it anymore. And so I think I was, what, 22 at that point. Uh, you know, some stuff happened. Fast forward a couple of years. Uh, when I was 26, I had my daughter. And then that was in 2013. And then in 2014, I met my now husband, who also is not into it. So again, I was not very much into it. It didn't, I didn't feel like I needed it in my life at that point. Um, And then, you know, my grandma passed away in 2017. And that, you know, got me thinking a little bit more into it. You know, I could definitely, I knew I could feel her. I knew that. I knew that Uh, with such certainty, and that was very comforting. I still wasn't ready to be curious about it, though, anymore at this point in my life. So then we fast forward up to uh, 2020, right? And 2020, (laughs) when everybody's life changed, right? Everybody's life changed Uh, between May of 2020 and uh, October of 2022, uh, my family lost four people, five people, sorry, five people, including my husband's family, Um, five people, and uh, everybody lost a lot of people. Uh, Not ours, actually, none of the deaths in my family were related to covid though i know a lot of people of course lost people to covid and in many other ways but it was still a hard time for everybody and it just 2020 i mean for a lot of people changed so many things made us see things so differently and that's when i decided i was going to i was going to dip my toe back in i started i had a job where i could drive around for a little bit during the day I was able to listen to a couple of podcasts, maybe one or two. Uh, It was great. And I stumbled upon this mediumship podcast and I stumbled upon Reiki because of it and decided to dive into that. I had heard about Reiki previously. Um, I've come across it over the years, come into contact with people that have done it and never really been interested in it. But it was calling to me in 2020, so I did it. I took my classes, um, you know, I got to level two where I could start practicing on other people and I did. I started practicing on my family like crazy. Every, I'd go over to my parents' house um, two Sundays a month and every Sunday I'd bring all my stuff I and the stuff I've acquired since then. <gasps> oh my goodness. But I would bring me and I'd bring... Uh, you know, my sage and my, and by the way, sage, incense, those things have been burning in my house since I can remember. My mom has always burned sage, always, and incense, always, 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 always. It's so crazy. Um, I love that people are, that this is mainstream. I love that this is mainstream. Anyways, so uh, I bring all my things and i do the Reiki on everybody, and everybody loved it. My family loves it because, you know, we're super into this stuff. We grew up with this stuff. And uh, nobody ever really dove into it, and I was diving into it. So, of course, we are all, like, getting excited about it. And people were really reaping the benefits. And then I started thinking maybe I can start a side hustle with this. Maybe I can help some people, maybe make some money. Wouldn't that be great if I could make some money doing something that I really love to do? And then I just wasn't feeling that Uh, I, you know, I'm not really good at marketing myself. I don't really feel like I should have to sell that stuff because why push anything on anybody? I get sales. I understand why it's important. It's just not something that I've ever resonated with, something that's easy for me to do. I just don't want to be pushy. I don't wanna push my shit on people. Like if you're interested and you wanna hear about it, that's great, I will definitely have a conversation with you and I'll tell you what I know about it and maybe lead you to some resources where you can learn some more. But I will never push my shit on you because I don't want anybody pushing their shit on me, ever. Ever, why? It just goes back to the beginning. We don't know the answers, nobody does. So why do it why tell somebody this is the only way or to even push anything even in the with the best intentions to push something on somebody else is not going to do any anybody any good uh, so anyways so that's when it all exploded right so Reiki led into um, my current obsession with oracle cards Ugh, I really have a problem I have a problem. I love them so much. I don't love tarot. And I'm so sorry for for those of you who love tarot. Because I love people that love tarot. I just don't love tarot. Not in that way. So anyways. That's a little bit about me. Uh, I know that's a lot of bit about me. We're almost at the hour mark. Um. why do I want to do this podcast? I don't know why I want to do this podcast. I want to do this podcast because I think it'll be fun. I am really random. I hope it'll be a learning experience. I hope this will be a chance to build some sort of community, some supportive community. And I just, I want to have fun. And I think we're going to talk about Lots of random things like some weird history and maybe some cryptids and definitely mediumship, you know, tools, crystals, all the things. And thank you so much for hanging out with me so far. And I want to end this with a card pull because I love cards so much. And I got this new card, this mediumship training deck by John Holland and Lauren Rainbow. And the card I pulled before... I started is ethical awareness and I'm so excited because this ethical awareness is something I am very passionate about so I'm excited to see what this will say service to spirit and strong ethical awareness are at the heart of mediumship whenever you're offering evidential messages they should always be delivered in a loving kind and healing manner remain conscious of what you are sharing It should be relevant, authentic, and meaningful to your sitter rather than harmful, destructive, or hurtful. Likewise, a message should never be forced on the living or randomly given without permission from the recipient. It's important to respect the living and their desire to receive from spirit. As mediums, we don't get to choose the spirits we communicate with. In being to service to spirit, it's important for us to remain unbiased and simply be the channel for healing communication. Beautiful. Thank you again, guys. Remember, we all have that compass, okay? So, find it. Follow it. I'll see you next time on the Intua... What? If? Podcast. (laughs) Bye.